1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast coming to you live on a Thursday evening. Uh, We are officially one week removed from the 2023 NFL draft, and so we're full steam ahead towards the actual season. So excited to dive into some things today with my guy, Tyler, as always. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight?
2: I can't believe it's only been a week since the first round of the draft. I don't know what happened. Um, Also, for everyone listening, my allergies are killing me today. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'll, I'll make it through. I'll survive. I'll do the flu pod or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, earlier this week, we interviewed the general manager of the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, surprise.
1: <laughs> surprise. That was a surprise for us as well. Uh, you know, we were working with the, the, the team on a different interview uh, to be determined uh, or to be re- revealed later, I should say. Uh, and then they uh, emailed us back and we're like, hey, uh, that other interview is not uh possible yet how about Tom Telesco? We were like shit, <laughs> about, why not?
2: Yeah. I know. So, uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. It felt like one of those scam emails where it's like, oh hello, I'm a prince. I'm gonna you can send me you know money and I'll send you millions of dollars or whatever. Um yeah just I never expected to get an email saying hey you know you want to interview Tom Telesco. Uh yeah that'd be great. Yeah man what a what a life right now. I, uh,
1: I got the email and I like, it like showed up on my watch and it was like, oh, the interview is not going to work this week. And I was like, oh man. And then I was like, wait, what does that second part say? Telesco, excuse me. <laughs> uh, so it was a lot of fun, man. We got to interview, uh, Tom Telesco on Tuesday. So that'll be dropping next Tuesday, uh, this upcoming Tuesday on the chargers channel. So, um, definitely stay tuned for that one. Um, the feedback has been a ton of fun, uh, you know, on YouTube and everything for our first two shows on the chargers channel um obviously this past tuesday we did some superlatives of this up of this uh 23 class for the chargers had a great time breaking everything down in that regard um just kind of diving into how things fit you know everybody does grades these days everybody mm-hmm. you know slaps an a minus or whatever um we didn't feel like slapping a grade on each of these picks because frankly there's probably only like two instant impact guys this year you know so we'll have to wait and see kind of what roles really are 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 specified in training camp to really get a feel for how things work with this class um but there's it's definitely a fun group if you missed that episode uh definitely go check it out i don't know why you're why you would be missing that i would imagine anybody watching right now has already checked it out but uh in case you missed it
2: please go check that out and uh, let us know what you think yeah feedback has been great that was a good one i agree I, we didn't love the idea of trying to give out grades to some of these guys I feel like we're kind of shifting away from that. I think some people, even in the media, we're just fans are kind of pushing back against this idea. You know, who am I to look at a seventh round pick and say, that's an F or look at the fifth round tackle to guard convert and be like, Oh, that's an a minus, you know, what, what is this? I don't know. Again, if that was a teacher thing for me, because now (laughs) we're focusing on assessment and criteria and rubrics and all that. But, You know, how do I say someone's a C plus and other purchases a C minus? I can't do that. So I'm just excited. And I think we're excited to see where the Chargers use these guys and how they're used throughout the season. Yeah, there's probably only two and a half instant impact guys in terms of big time snaps. But I think each one of these guys, okay, six out of the seven guys will do some things on the field this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the 7th does some things on the field this year, it means that a disaster has <laughs> stricken the Chargers, which uh, no shade to uh, Max Duggan. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, if he's on the field, that means uh, the season has gone very, very poorly. Um, so today, we, we, we just feel like we wanted to kind of take stock of really where the Chargers are at um, as a roster. Um, and like we always do, you know, I, I'm a visual learner. And in case anybody ever doubted that, like watch the show more often and you'll figure out that, We do a lot of sheets and and slideshows and things like that. So uh, we're going to have a Google sheet today kind of filling in some blanks. So um, with the way this uh, roster is officially constructed, they have 88 spots that count towards the 90. They signed CJ Okoye from the uh, international pool today, and uh, that does not count for the uh, official roster pool. Um, apparently he was an offensive lineman who won MVP in the international league, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, but he's going to play defensive tackle for the chargers. So, uh, to be determined there, he's not going to be featured on the show. Cause, uh, I don't have international film tape to watch. So <laughs> we'll have to see what that one works out. But, um, like I said, we're just going to kind of take stock of, of where the roster is at fill in where these rookies are going to go, where the undrafted free agents are going to go. Uh, and then also highlight some uh, potential post-draft veteran signings tonight. Sounds good. I'm ready. All right. As always, uh, please make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Uh, like the video, comment, let us know what you think. If you are listening to this, we'll do our best to, uh, to articulate everything that we are going to be doing today. And then uh, you guys as well, please leave a rating review whenever you get a chance. So um, I'm going to pull up the sheet right now, and we're just going to kind of fill some things in. So, um, on the screen, obviously we're going to do offense and then defense. We have the starters on the left, uh, for our visual audience. Uh, if you see a plus sign next to their names, it means they're currently dealing with an injury, uh, which apparently Zion Johnson was as well, uh, according to Kellen Moore. So, uh, it hasn't been a ton of buzz there. Um, uh, so we have starters, primary backups, depth pieces, and then draft picks undrafted free agents. Uh, members of the 2022 practice squad, like Larry Roundtree, Stone Smart, um, guys like that, and then uh, as we start filling uh, spaces in, we'll delete those columns and we'll have uh, players on the roster bubble as well as camp bodies and practice squad players. So um, I think obviously the natural spot here is to maybe assess Tyler, which uh, which players are potentially in danger of
2: losing a role to one of these draft picks. Oh, goodness. Um, I guess Jalen Guyton at this point, because they've already, or at least Staley has come out and said that Darius Davis is the wide receiver five type for them. So, you know, I I don't know if they'll keep six receivers. They switched six to six defensive tackles last year, so they might be able to make that change. And I don't see any smart reason at this point to move on from Jalen Guyton, but Guyton is not 100% healthy. And I don't know. Maybe it's an initial roster thing. You know, maybe that Guyton is not on the roster. Maybe he's placed on IR or something. I don't know. What yeah. is short-term IR, however it works. But I, I think in terms of roster spot, technically I think the fifth spot on here uh, will go to Darius Davis. I'm not jailing Guyton, at least for now.
1: Yeah, I think Guyton is is definitely one. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do with Brendan Hymas. He's not necessarily a veteran, um, but they did draft Jordan McFadden, obviously from Clemson, who you and I both like a lot. Um, I like Heimus coming out of college. He just hasn't shown enough consistency just yet. Um, Foster Sorrell kind of maybe seems entrenched into the swing tackle role, at least for now. Um, although Daniel Popper still believes that Jamari Sawyer is the swing tackle. Um, either way, I, I do feel like Brendan Heimus is, is probably on the outside looking in. Um, but we can kind of fit him in uh, down the road. So in terms of the draft picks as well, Tyler, uh, let's start with Quentin Johnston here. Mm -hmm. Big debate obviously going to be happening throughout training camp this year. We know the Chargers are not necessarily going to hand him a starting spot, uh, but for purposes of the show today, is he the wide receiver starter at Z spot over Josh Palmer, or do you still feel like it is Josh Palmer's job uh, at this current moment?
2: I think for all of a week, we're going to have Josh Palmer as the starter. People will freak out. Everyone's going to write their articles everyone's gonna make their videos and then he'll end up being the the starter (laughs) by week two we've seen this and that was the Sante samuel jr who was a second round pick granted that was over face on versus palmer who they do like um i think palmer is certainly going to make plays in camp where we're going geez like you know, maybe he should get some work as the not even technically like a 3b but like a 3c even though there's no 3b but i feel like he should at least be in that rotation a bit but I know I think when Johnson jumps in front of Josh Palmer here and he should, given how high they drafted him, but I do think Palmer, it's strange. I've never had someone I liked so much be replaced by a first round pick. And I think they had to do that. Like typically you're looking at one of these receivers or offensive linemen or whatever and you think, okay, like there's nobody else. Of course they have to start but with Josh Palmer. You know, it hurts a bit to have to replace him as the wide receiver three, um, but they did and they're going to. So I think he's over Josh Palmer.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like you said, we might see them be a little bit uh, slow to make that transition, you know, maybe easing the transition for Quentin Johnson, at least at first. Um, But I I think you and I both feel that this wide receiver trio probably complements itself better if Quentin is the starting Z. And so, um, you know, I I think that speed on the backside, his ability to create yards after the catches is best utilized as the Z. And I think that's where he'll fit in. So uh, question then becomes, Tyler, uh, where are we putting Josh Palmer's primary role as as the backup? I think we'll probably slot Darius Davison as the backup slot. Um, so do you think Palmer is is better suited as an X or better suited as the Z?
2: I think I'll back up Mike Williams. And I think that's what they're going to want to do anyway when, during his rookie season. Before Josh Palmer just had to try to be both keen on the Mike Williams because guys were hurt. They used him a lot. Now, granted, that was the Joe Lombardi, but they used him as that X, and they used him a lot vertically in a way that they don't really use Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen is going to stay longer than Mike Williams if I had to pick, so I think they're going to try to make Josh Palmer Mike Williams' replacement, and frankly, I think that role does suit him pretty well.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I like him as, as Z as well. I think a lot of people have tried to pencil him into the slot role, and, and you know he's come out and said that he loves watching Keenan Allen's tape, and he, he wants to be you know uh keenan allen's shadow almost essentially um I, I i like palmer better as an outside receiver whether that's the x or the z i think that's that kind of he can be some have some flexibility there um but i definitely like palmer better on the outside um yeah. all right so we'll naturally sh- uh shift in darius davis here as the backup slot um behind keenan allen for now um but this is something we talked about on the chargers channel tyler is that you know, Darius Davis has some legit receiving chops, too. Like, he's he's not just going to be uh, a return specialist. Like, I think the Chargers would have confidence in him if he had to play
2: significant snaps at some point down the season. I don't know. I, I think he's going to always, even if Keenan gets hurt, I think they would rather insert. I know it's kind of tough because a lot of these guys can do some sort of different things. I still think that'll go to Jalen Guyton before davis i don't know how to describe that because i just said that davis would be wide receiver five but i think davis will be stuck always as a sort of wide receiver five and he won't like move up the rankings unless they have to i guess someone gets hurt maybe they'll flip over to guyton before davis i don't know how to describe that but like i think they're going to keep him in a sort of as small of a role as possible i don't think that role increases unless multiple guys get hurt yeah that's fair again i'm not expecting Darius
1: davis to like steal a role or anything like that um, but as the, the wide receiver five, I think they'll be okay with maybe easing Jalen Knighton back onto the field because they, because Darius Davis does have some uh legit wide receiver chops. So, um, all right, should we move to Jordan McFadden here? Where would
2: you like to fit him in on the depth chart? Gosh, it's so difficult because he can do a, a number of things. I feel more comfortable with him as the backup right guard, with Foster Serral being the um primary for now swing tackle, the only one that they have. Mm-hmm. um again they might frankenstein's monster this thing and move some guys around <laughs> but i think mcfadden is going to be hymas's replacement they even they let some guys last year even in the preseason try to get some run over hymas Hymus ended up being the guy but you saw some players you know get a bit more shine at different spots um, to try to replace him they never really ended up doing that and i understand why they didn't but Hymus, you know it just hasn't been all that for them and then i think he came in against the Oh gosh, who was it? He gave up like six or four pressures or whatever I guess it was. against the Raiders
1: and Jerry Tillery.
2: Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah that, so that gets you demoted, so I'm going to put Max Duggan um, <laughs> ahead, ahead of Brendan Hymas, and I actually think I think Brendan Hymas is going to be cut um, as a result of this. I guess I would understand why they would keep him if they feel that McFadden is a you know, yes, he'll be a guard, but he's really their backup tackle, because I think Hymas at this point is just a guard for them. But for now, I think McFadden oberheim is, is the call.
1: Yeah, I uh I tend to agree there. There's been um some buzz about McFadden being a swing tackle. Um, and I can understand why. Uh, you know, that's what he did in college, but I think to me, he's he best projects as a guard, in my opinion. So uh again, different kind of strengths and weaknesses than him and Sawyer. I think. Salyer is, is a much better pass protector, McFadden, uh, at least coming out of college, I should say. Um, McFadden is a better run-blocking uh, prospect, in my opinion, at this point. Um, and I love what he does uh, in that regard. So I think he needs some work as a pass protector, which is why I'm more comfortable with him as a guard than as a tackle. But similar to Salyer, I think if like you know push comes to shove, emergency strikes, I think they would feel at least confident in putting him as a, as a tackle in a pinch, not necessarily Mm long-term, but you know, Sawyer is, is bigger, longer. So I think there's, there's definitely some differences there. So Mm -hmm. I, I think McFadden is your swing
2: guard for now.
1: And um, like you, I I do think that Hymas is, is on the the chopping block because of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought Hymas was last year and that was in favor of Ryan Hunter or something. Um, Mm -hmm. Now you actually have a draft pick you invested and feel pretty good about And we feel really good about. it. So yeah, I think I think Hymas, yeah, I think he's
1: on his way out. Yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate. I was I was higher on Hymas than most. I think Brandon Thorn was was a big Brandon Hymas guy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some transitions to the inside just don't don't work out supposedly. So um, obviously Max Duggan, that's the easy one here to place. Um, Any thought from you, Tyler, that Max Duggan can push Easton Stick for QB two though?
2: Oh gosh. I, I think if Stick were on the final year of his original deal, then sure. And I actually think that maybe if that were the case, they might carry two. But they gave Easton Stick a, you know, a good chunk of money to come back. So I think that Easton Stick is 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 quarterback too. Um God bless Justin Herbert and keep him healthy. <laughs> yeah i mean
1: they're uh they're paying easton stick a, a nice little chunk of change you know it's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like a high-end backup money uh but they're paying him more than they paid chase daniel last year and you know they've been very complimentary of him with uh everything that they've said in the offseason because of of his play because of his high iq and intangibles and you know i i think max duggan has a lot of intangibles as well i think he is uh probably a um better runner of the football but I think Duggan has has a ways to go in terms of processing and accuracy that I just I would be pretty uncomfortable with with Max Duggan taking snaps over Easton Stick as Mm -hmm. as much as I would prefer maybe more of a an established backup veteran but um Duggan pretty firmly QB3 for me um I'm curious if there's any chance that they maybe cut him and and try and stash him on the practice squad i, I think that's a very 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 little chance that that happens tom Telesco has kept three quarterbacks for the majority of his uh tenure mm-hmm. um but if things are kind of dicey at another spot you know obviously there's some guys who are coming off some injuries maybe that qb3 spot doesn't become so important as as Telesco might think
2: yeah i i, I just don't buy it. like you said it was a small chance i think it's yeah. a A negative i don't know (laughs) what's the lowest i can go? zero i guess yeah with the way herbert has already been hurt and the fact that he's not even going to be healthy for a while or officially fully healthy yeah i just think three quarterbacks is is the year to like of all the years to keep three quarterbacks i think this is the one they're going to definitely do it because at least there's a built-in excuse for this one
1: yeah i I agree i agree Mm -hmm. Um, okay, Tyler, any um, of the undrafted free agents or any of the 2022 practice squad members maybe jump out to you as somebody you think could legitimately make a push for the roster I know we haven't we haven't yeah. um, dived completely into the undrafted free agent pool. I know you've watched a couple guys I think more mm-hmm. of the defensive players you've watched yeah. pokey Williams. I have not watched pokey Williams um, but any of though any of that group or any of the practice squad group from last year, maybe stand out as,
2: as somebody who could uh, make a, a push to be on the roster. So if we're also including last year's practice squad, then I would look at, I mean, they mentioned Stone Smart as the fourth guy pretty routinely, and he he keeps getting brought up. You could very easily just not mention him, but he keeps being brought up. I would prefer someone like Hunter Camp Moyer because of the blocking ability. I don't think Stone Smart is that guy for them, but I think they might keep four tight ends. We'll, we'll have to see sort of at the end here what the numbers look like. If mm-hmm. I had watched, uh, Michael, is it Ezieki? I I honestly Ezekiel. couldn't
1: tell you. <laughs> okay, well, maybe Ezieki? I, wa- I don't know. Sure. If anybody in the chat knows how to pronounce
2: uh, the UCLA Titans last name, uh, let us know. I think there's a shot there. I think, you know, of the tight ends if they don't add anybody, and it, sound, it kind of sounds like they are looking for one. I don't know if they will. <laughs> Um, then I think that they're going to add someone who can block. So if that's him, great. If that's Kent Moyer, great. But I think there's a spot on this team for a blocking tight end uh four, which they didn't do last year. But I don't know how they really feel about Parham and, and McKitty. Yeah, I think unless they sign
1: a veteran blocker, that we're probably looking at three. Because I know that there's uh, a good amount of people who still think that – um the Chargers are only going to keep five wide receivers. I think that there's enough trust with Jalen Guyton and Justin Herbert that he's he's going to make the roster if he's healthy. Um, he might be on the pup list or something like that. But um, if we get to training camp and Jalen Guyton is running around and making plays, like I think he's going to make it. So I think tight end becomes that spot where mm-hmm. we go back to keeping three tight ends. And if they don't sign a veteran, I think it's going to be Everett Parham and uh, Trey McKitty.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. As for the rest of the undrafted free agents, just haven't I haven't watched him. Uh, I'm not caught up on my Delta State tape. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to reach out and try to get some sort of ideas of who he is, but I don't. I don't really have access to that tape, so I'll have to watch a three and a half hour YouTube stream. I'm sure it's awful um, to try to figure <laughs> out what he can do. But I mean, there's a chance, right? Because there's if they actually want a true tackle to be their swing tackle. Other than, you know, Cyril, Melsop's OT, you know, four right now. Like he is if, right now when they go to camp, again, depending on how they move guys, Slater Pip can start. Serrell's OT three. And I don't think there's a whole lot of trust in that. Yeah. And then, it's, and then Nick Melsop, he's the offensive tackle four right now, like right away. So, and I think, I think he has a good shot. I just, I couldn't tell you anything about him. Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: we asked Tom Telesco about him. So, uh tom will tell you a little bit about him on tuesday but uh we have not watched him um the the running backs i'm curious there if there's any chance for for either of those guys but it's a similar conversation as last year right like i think they if they keep a fourth it's going to be roundtree because of his special teams ability Mm -hmm. um and we Depending on how training camp goes, we might be looking at him being active on the roster on game days, uh, with Isaiah Spiller as a healthy scratch again, yep, because of that special teams ability. So, um, the chances of uh Tyler Hoosman and Elijah Dotson providing more special teams value than Larry Roundtree, I think, is pretty slim. I, I think Larry Roundtree is, is a guy that Kevin, uh, or Ryan Ficken, excuse me, I was looking at the chat and read Kevin Kernick. Um <laughs> Ryan Ficken, I think, likes Larry Roundtree's ability as a blocker on special teams. So I do think there's a chance, at least, that uh, Larry Roundtree makes the roster.
2: Yeah, they. I don't think we'll get a repeat of last year where he's active over Isaiah Spiller. I really hope we don't, but I also don't think we will. But Roundtree, as an active guy, as a special teamer, you know, they, they might decide to, we'll, we'll talk about defense in a bit, maybe let one of the linebackers go. Um, whether it's Amen, whether it's Nick Neiman, probably Amen. Uh, and in that regard, you can let one of the linebackers go, and maybe keep Larry Roundtree instead as the fourth running back. Two positions that like aren't very high priority, you know, running back and linebacker. Um, but I think that Larry Roundtree is someone they would love to use on special teams. So I could see it. Um, but again, as far as the running backs go, haven't watched him. I know the numbers that Arjun shared in terms of, you know, the translatable stats, to the NFL weren't great you know, but we'll see when they go to training camp. Although last year with the two guys they had, um, I right right now could not tell you who those two running backs were, and they never ever received any touches during camp. They were just watching from the sidelines the entire time. Granted, yeah. I think there was a bit more of a running back battle then. You know, trying to figure out Joshua Kelly, trying to figure out Larry Roundry, trying to figure out Isaiah Spiller. So I get that, but I mean, those guys did not even touch the football in training camp, you know, yeah. let alone even like a preseason game. So if they make it, they're going to have to have some a uh, couple of outstanding plays because they're not getting many uh, touches this off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was like even after Isaiah Spiller got injured, it was still like uh, those guys cannot get touches. You know, um, I forget one of them was from from Buffalo, who I liked like a, a decent amount. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens once I I dive in here. Um, okay, so I, I do before we move on to the defensive side of things, I'm going to say I feel like there's a decent chance to me that Zach Bailey makes the roster too. Um, they claimed him off of waivers last year. They kept him around at the end of the season this year. They didn't prefer him over Foster Sorel, which I thought was interesting from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's at least a, a decent amount of interest in Zach Bailey. And whether that's, you know, keeping him as a practice squad guy, whether that's him, you know, pushing like a Ryan Hunter for the final roster spot, like will remain to be seen, but I think there's an outside chance that Zach Bailey is somebody who who makes a roster push.
2: What was his role last year in the preseason? Was he their tackle? He uh, was their he was their left tackle in the preseason
1: games, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And then uh, there was uh, he kind of learned how to play guard a little bit throughout the season. Um, he was when everything kind of got dicey at the end. He was like their swing guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he is somebody that uh, as Ed Miasis is pointing out. So at least mentioned him a couple of times in the pressers. Again, they kept him after the season. They claimed him off of waivers last year. I think there's at least a decent chance he, he makes a roster push.
2: Yeah, I'd be okay with that over, you know, okay, maybe Larry is a special teamer, but I mean, there's a legit... I mean Anyone looking at this offensive tackle depth, you can't feel good. So I'm happy if it's Bailey, if it's uh, Melsop, any of these guys that are tackles, I'd love for them to make it and earn it.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. That is a spot I'm sure we'll get to uh, some yeah. games, but I do think that they, they could really use a, a veteran swing tackle in there. Just one more veteran body besides mm-hmm. Will Clapp in the, in the second unit.
0: Yep. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
1: All right, we'll move to defense here. Um, obviously, starting lineup for the most part was pretty sl- pretty set in stone uh, heading into the draft. There's uh, not as many draft depth pieces available either, at least in my opinion. So we'll talk about some names here. Um, maybe the biggest question mark that we have from a defensive side of things leaving the draft was what what is the cornerback rotation going to look like? Um, and maybe the biggest stock up after the draft is Jesse or Taylor, uh, who is projected currently to be the starter in the slot. Um, Tyler, how concerned are you about the cornerback depth right now, uh, given that they didn't draft any of the corners that we kind of thought they maybe could
2: have? Hmm. I think that really hinges more on the J.C. Jackson question than anything else, because if J.C.'s healthy and Michael, like Michael Davis is their best corner, his spot is safe. And I think if JC's healthy, he's out there. So I think in, in some ways, you know, I, I feel much better about Asante Samuel Jr. playing the slot than I do like McFadden moving to tackle in the middle of the season. Um, so I actually feel okay about the depth overall, but we'll s I, I just I just do not know how to answer the JC Jackson question because Tom Telesco thinks they're going to have him for, you know, camp. Now I don't know if that means fully in camp. Yeah. But the fact that they're even considering that is wild to me. So, you know, you if I think they might be trying to play their cards right in a certain way, and you know, keep this as their main group. I think you're going to have Kimon Hall, you know, maybe elevated from the practice squad for two games or something, um, or whatever it ends up being. And I think once J.C. Jackson's healthy, I think this is your depth. If John Taylor goes down, I think ASJ is your slot. Um, Maybe they change a couple things. Maybe they find a role for. You know, one of the safeties, like a Raheem Leonard or Mark Webb or something. But mm-hmm. I'm okay with the depth overall. I think it's a good group of corners. I just don't know about JC Jackson's health.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And and to clarify, there with JC Jackson, we didn't ask him that. He said that in one of the press conferences um, yes. about JC Jackson being hopeful that they're they're being hopeful that he can play in in training camp. So we'll see what happens with the actual rotation here. Um, if JC Jackson is healthy, Tyler. Are we on the same page that Asante might be the sh- the get the short end on the stick in the rotation? Yeah,
2: I think that JC Jackson's I mean, that's the guy that they paid a ton of money to. It's, it's again, it's been so tough because it made a lot of like this would be a lot more easy to project, I guess, if Asante Samuel junior didn't have that final game against the Jaguars where it was like the best thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So how do you take that off the field? But you're paying one corner a lot of money, and Michael Davis is your best corner. So, yeah, I think that's all DC jr. Just in terms of outside guys, he's the odd man out. If JC is healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll they'll still find a role for him. I think he's too talented to, to be completely on the bench. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they value jaws size a little bit more in the slot. Um, and especially as, as a run defender, um, obviously Bryce Callahan is still out there. Maybe that's a, an addition that they could revisit here, but, um, I have a hard time kind of finding a, a true starting spot for Asante if, uh, if JC Jackson is healthy. So, you know, I just think that he will be your fourth defensive back and the chargers are going to kind of pivot away from having like three corners and three safeties to four mm-hmm. corners. And, you know, maybe just your Taylor can kind of play some, some quote unquote safety uh, role for them. Yeah, And you just have this, this cornerback group that you feel really good about in terms of the depth. Um, and guys will kind of just move around the spot. So um, I'm very curious to see how that one pans out. But I do think if J.C. is healthy, he is the starter opposite of Michael Davis.
2: Yeah, they have too many questions to answer with J.C. Jackson because they have to cut him next year if he's no good or keep him for the next few years because if he, let's say, comes back second half of the year and he's outstanding, that's your corner. You're not cutting him. You're not moving on from him. But if he's terrible, then you know. But they do have to find out. Like they have to find out, and they're not going to find that out, you know, at training camp because who was one of the best players at training camp? That was JC Jackson. He was outstanding. Then the yeah. surgery happened. You just don't know. So I think that for better or worse, I know fans are like, "Oh, I think Asante Samuel Jr. is better." Um, I get that. I, I totally do. No one had a game, you know, or certainly at least JC Jackson didn't have like a, a game like Asante Samuel Jr. had last year. But I think they're going to want to find out, and there's just too much investment and they believed in him way too much they went out of their way to make a very expensive signing on a premium player with maybe one question mark or two if you consider the you know moving away from new england curse sort of thing and i think they're going to want to find out so i think yeah i, I, I like it or not like i would love asante sama jr to be out there i think he's the odd man out and in the slot you know i think people obviously are talking about him starting over our jaw taylor but We saw last year how they felt about Asante Samuel Jr. And they already were, you know, with a rookie with Jaw Taylor moving Asante Samuel Jr. out of that starting group. So yeah, it's a strange thing to say because I love Asante Samuel Jr. so much and we all know he's super talented. And yet, even with just a sixth round pick from last year in the slot, it's almost like there's no role for him based on how they see him.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I I think he'll play a lot. I think they'll still find a spot for him, find a role for him, assuming J.C. Jackson is healthy. So this might not be a thing. Maybe J.C. is not fully healthy. Maybe he's not ready for training camp. And maybe Asante is the the guy from the jump. So um, question from the chat here from Ed um, Miesis. If J.C. does come back, but it's just like not going super well, I think this is obviously a, a variable that we have to consider. Of how patient the Chargers are going to be with his recovery, because um, I mean, obviously he had the foot thing, and then he has the the knee injury coming back. So, how patient do you think the Chargers can afford to be if JC is just kind of not getting up to speed in
2: training camp? Hmm, it's tough. I, I think they would let's say he's actually healthy in training camp and is actually playing, because it's easy to just say, well, he really even shouldn't be out there. So the fact that he is is a miracle. I think they're going to get him out there week one, let him do his, if, again, if he's healthy, um, and let it rock. I mean, they they had Asante Samuel Jr. as a starter last year over Michael Davis. Michael Davis was a gunner for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the Michael Davis ended up finishing the second half of training camp in the preseason a lot better than Asante Samuel Jr. And Asante Samuel Jr. did struggle a bit more in that second half. You, know, you saw a defensive holding penalty or pass interference or whatever it was in the preseason didn't look as crisp or as good as Michael Davis to end the training camp. And then they went, okay, cool. Well, it's not to junior, you're going to start anyway over Michael Davis. And you know, what, what, I totally understand. Um, I just don't think training camp is going to matter as much to them. They're going to want to see it on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I Well, uh, he has to earn
1: it, right? I don't think the Chargers are going to hand JC the role and maybe they, they do end up being patient with him uh, because they have that depth behind him. But um You know, they're going to give him the opportunity because they they put that investment in him. Mm -hmm. Um, And respectfully, Michael Davis is the best cornerback on the team. And they feel that way. (laughs) They feel that way. The numbers say that. The tape says that. Uh, And we feel that way pretty strongly as well. Um, I will get to uh, the draft picks here. Thule obviously pretty easily fits in as the edge two behind Joey Bosa. Um, you know, I've I've been pretty high on the pick here. Um, mm-hmm. after the Chargers selected him, um, obviously I, you know, Miles Murphy was the guy I really liked. I think Thule can play that same kind of role. Um, do you think Tyler that the drafting of Thule to below two completely rules out a re-signing of Kyle Van Noy? Because that's kind of the big question on social media yeah. right now. Is, is does does Tuli out does does that mean that they're not going to dr- sign maybe another edge rusher or anything like that?
2: Yeah, that was the one I've been tossing and turning with. And today, because we're going to talk about some veterans, I was like, do they bring back Kyle Van Noy? Is there a spot? Yeah, They would have to change up what they did last year in terms of how many guys they keep. But I I think that with Thule, like if he were Isaiah Foskey or something, or it wouldn't be this guy, but like Zach Harrison, then I think that they would go ahead and get Kyle Van Noy. But I think Thule, granted, I I think Thule is mostly an edge rusher for them. I think he can do enough things where no, he's not Kyle Van Noy because they're very different players and skill sets. But I think that Thule can do enough different things, and I even think Chris Rumpf can do that, where you don't bring him back. And I think the other person that really can do some of the Kyle Van Noy things is Deion Henley. And I think that Mm. whether it's as a rusher, not like an edge rusher necessarily, but as an extra blitzer, as someone who can move around at different spots, who can cover, I think that's something that Henley could potentially end up doing as well. So by some sort of, you know, amalgamation of, of all these different players and their skill sets. I don't think Kyle Van Noy is back. But I would love it if they did. Like we would love to see more depth, right? I think the three or excuse me, four edge rushers they have, I think that's fine. Love the starters, really like Thule. But I haven't seen a whole lot from Chris Rumpf, though I do I do think he's just gonna take one more smaller step in year three. But I don't see why they couldn't bring about Kyle Van Noy. I just don't think they're going to do it at this point.
1: Yeah, I think if an injury strikes, I think you you can definitely bring Kyle Van Noy back. But totally, um, we know the Chargers over the last two years have basically allocated ten spots on the defensive line. And in the first year, I want to say um, it, it was five and five in terms of edge rushers versus defensive linemen. Last year, it was four edge rushers, six defensive tackles. Um, so there's just, there's not a lot of flexibility here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the biggest question mark in terms of the defensive line is, is probably like, what is the health status of Austin Johnson and Otito Ogbonia from social media? It seems like Austin Johnson is further along than Otito. Mm Um, Austin Johnson has posted videos on his, uh, Instagram, you know, running and doing some cutting and things like that, uh, wherever he's been training. Otito is just barely starting to run in like the anti-gravity treadmill situation. So it does seem like Austin Johnson could be fine, but I, I'm I'm maybe a little bit more concerned about Otito's recovery.
2: Yeah, as am I. And his Otito was hurt after Austin Johnson, right? In terms of the timeline, it was, was it a week close? after.
1: It was a week after, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. now definitely worried there. And I think that's where some of these undrafted free agents can definitely, well, or practice squad guys could fill in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, I guess we can kind of just adjacently talk about Scott uh, Scott Matlock. Excuse me, oh, man, I'm just messing up his name on both shows this week. I apologize, <laughs> Scott Matlock. Um, how do you see him fitting in with this group? Uh, you know, we we I kind of have it on here, distinguished as a nose tackle, a three tech, and a five tech. Uh, for our audio audience, the five tech is Morgan Fox, the three tech is Austin Johnson, and the nose is Sebastian Joseph Day. Mm -hmm. um Otito is Sebastian's backup and right now I have Chris Hinton penciled in as the backup for Austin Johnson but where do you see Mm -hmm. Scott fitting in here uh on the depth chart
2: it's interesting because he I think he does so many different things well but I I think Matlock is your Morgan Fox backup sort of guy I think he can play with some power on the inside I think there's definitely a role for him to be able to move in closer to where the center is but I think he's gonna be backing up Morgan Fox and I, I think I feel pretty good about that um, so that makes so Henson would be the sixth guy here. Why am I not thinking? So Christian Covington is not officially on the roster. He's not signed.
1: He he's has not signed. Still,
2: he's just still working out, or is that over now?
1: I think that's over now. I haven't seen him at the facility recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think now that it's actually like OTAs, there's some technicalities that maybe he can't be at the facility. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, that's an interesting spot, though. If they bring him back, I feel like you probably feel a lot better about not having Austin Johnson or Otito to start the season.
2: Yeah, I, I could see them doing the you know sort of practice squad shuffle like they did last year, where you know bringing Covington as a body, he's going to be on the practice squad, which they had him to start the season for all of two seconds. Um, so yeah, maybe, but I think I think this six is your six. I don't recall exactly what David Moa's role was, but I think they just believe in Chris Johnson a lot more as that sixth guy so yeah this six seems to be the the right six
1: yeah um moa is probably more exclusively like a nose and a one tech um chris chris hinton i think showed some some really fun flashes last year as a three tech somebody that could you know maybe even kick out to the five tech and rush the passer Mm -hmm. maybe i'm a little too like rich on that but i have heard good things from within the building that they really like him as well the tape was was uh was interesting at least uh you know i i do feel like Chris Hinton could be a a nice gem for them but i i wouldn't hate like putting him into the depth piece category here and uh you know maybe we can talk about like a gerard clark challenging for for that spot david moa as well Mm -hmm. um but i think Chris Hinton probably is the favorite right now to be that sixth spot
2: yeah and i think just based on everything and what we've seen and heck even the relationship with coach ed i think he's the favorite Uh, of the six you know i think he's obviously the Least likely, I guess, to make it of the six, you know, four being obvious, and the Matlock being the draft pick. So, um, but still, I, I, do, I do think they keep six. The end. Okay. that is Hinton. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, should I leave him or, or move him to the depth piece spot?
2: Um, I mean, depth piece still makes the the roster, obviously. So, yeah. Um, I'll leave him. Let's give him a, a bonus, a primary backup spot. All right. Sounds good. Um, okay, so next
1: uh piece here is Mr. Dayon Henley. Um, if you missed my Washington State interview um with Jamie Vinnick, who covers the Washington State Cougars, please go check that out. Um, that's on the channel now. With some great information about Dayon um and his ability as a player as well as his role on special teams. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Tyler, but Dayon returned kicks as a freshman at Nevada. Um, and he obviously was their gunner recently mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on Washington State's punt team. So
2: I think Ryan Ficken's going to have
1: a lot of fun with theyon, but how do you see him fitting into the defensive depth chart here?
2: Yeah, I think fans are really going to want us to say the thing, which is that he's over Kenneth Murray, but I just don't think he is at this point. I think they're, aside from cutting him like they did with Jerry Tillery, I think they're going to see that transition at some point where he is, the guy over Murray, at this point, they've they've already shown that they're not committed to Murray long term. I think they do like Murray more than they do Tillery, or at least more than they did at yeah. this point last year. So there is a difference there. And they seem very actually ex- like with Jerry Tillery, it was, well, we know who the good players are and we know who needs to still earn their spot. Right. And then it being Tillery was <laughs> and Tillery yeah. was in the needs to earn your spot in the NFL, you know, sort of spot last year. Whereas Kenneth Murray, they do think he's doing excellent things. They do see him as that starter, but I don't know, man. I think just, we look, I'm happy to see a huge difference. I'm happy to see him playing more like Eric Kendricks and having that role, and he's learned so much. And listen, we just saw Trey Pipkins do it after being a not very good tackle. Suddenly he was a very good tackle. Yeah. So it is possible, especially with someone like Henley pushing you. Because like this is probably the first time. No, I wouldn't say that. But Henley is going to be pushing Murray, and at least Murray knows like this is it. So I think there's a shot that Murray holds on to this, but I think Henley's the backup for now. Velasco came out after the draft and said he's going to be depth and special teams um, because we like what Kenneth Murray does. But I think we're going to start seeing something where suddenly he's there over Kenneth Murray. Um, I just think he, it's going to be time. At some point, it's going to be time. There's no reason for them to keep Murray out there to see what he can do. If he's not showing you anything or any improvement, give him a few games. If it's not working, at some point, they'll go to Henley.
1: Yeah. I think of the defensive rookies, I I would say Deion's probably the favorite to start at some point. um, If people in front of him are healthy. Um, obviously, if, if Joey or Khalil goes down, Tuli's going to be starting. But um, I I think that people should be excited about Deion 100%. I love his fit in this defense. I love the flexibility from a pass coverage and pass rushing standpoint that he can give you um, as a third down weapon. But I think that they're going to be patient with him because they do like Kenneth Murray at, least, at yes. least a little bit, at least on run defense situations, because he is he's a bigger, more physical player. Like, uh, you know, unequivocally, I think, you can, you can feel comfortable about his ability to be a little bit more physical than Deon at this point. Um, I mean, Kenneth Murray's like 30 pounds heavier right now, and he's like three or four mm-hmm. inches taller. So um, people should definitely be excited about Dayon, and I would not be shocked if he started at some point down the road. Um, but for now, I think we do have to look at Kenneth Murray uh, as the starter. Obviously, Eric Kendricks alongside him, who's going to be uh, a great mentor for both of those players. Um, so, we'll move Nick Neiman uh, down to uh, the depth role here, and we'll move Dayan into the primary backup role there. So, um, Tyler, do you think there's any chance that Eamon Ogmog or Nick Neiman are, are maybe on the outside looking in, or do you think both of them are kind of safe because of their special teams ability?
0: I,
2: I think Thicken's say has more say than most guys. Um, so, I think that, yeah, Eamon, I think Eamon and Nick do both make it. Uh, if if Troy Reader wasn't on the team last year, right, and maybe, you know, Amen made it, Nick made it, but there was no Troy Reader, then you're sure I could see one of them being cut. But Reader made it, and Amen made it, and Nick made it, which is a bit of a surprise. But that's Ryan Ficken. And in, in year two, now that he's proven, you know, what he is as a coach and what he can do on special teams, I think they're going to keep all three of these backup linebackers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Amen and Nick Neiman were fantastic special teams players. I think Dayon is going to fill... Uh right in there as well and be a key special teams player too. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh get to the safety safety room spot here. Obviously, this is kind of yeah. the other spot that a lot of people are kind of circling for a veteran free agent pickup. Um currently speaking, obviously Derwin James is going to be the starting strong safety. Um, I feel like and I am pretty sure you agree that Alohi should be considered the the favor right now to start alongside Derwin James. Um And we'll see what happens if there's a a veteran free agent pickup here. But um, what do you make of the safety depth behind Derwin James at this current moment, Tyler?
2: Uh, What do I make of it? It sucks. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, this is not very good depth. (laughs) Uh, Not that it's unproven. At at best, it's unproven. And we don't know a thing about it, honestly. Um, You know, if if you're considering the depth behind him, not Alohi Gilman, because Gilman's a starter alongside him. Raheem Lane great on special teams i could definitely see him making the team because ficken had him over jt woods on special teams but i mean raheem lane jt woods and mark webb was all hurt all of last training camp and couldn't even crack the roster in the end yeah like this is not great depth behind derwin james and i don't expect anyone to come out and be derwin james but they need something else here they have to have something else here um you know tackle for me is still a bigger need and priority in terms of depth but like this isn't great either so uh, i i think Raheem Lane can do some awesome things at some point i hope jt woods does some awesome things at some point but we don't know that uh we haven't seen that so i think they need to get another body in here but and i'm surprised honestly john johnson isn't already on the team but i think that's although i've been saying this for a month now i think it's (laughs) on the way
1: yeah, you know, um, that certainly makes a lot of sense. I think uh, John Johnson's former teammate, Ronnie Harrison, makes some sense. I, I have a hard time picturing this being the safety group heading in the training camp. I be. think that Alohigaman as your safety three, you feel good about. You know, I, I think that he's a solid rotational piece. I think definitely earned those snaps over uh, Nasir Adderley at the end of last season. Um, but like you're an injury away from Raheem Lane being safety three and, and JT Woods being like a full-time starter. And, uh, we just haven't seen enough at this point to, you know, officially say this. So I think from a, in an ideal world, like they do bring in another safety piece. And I know I said this the other day, I know everybody wants Bryce Callahan back, but I would much rather have another safety in this room. I, I think I'm, I'm at least comfortable with the cornerback depth. Uh, I'm very uncomfortable with the safety depth right now.
2: Yeah, if I had to pick, yeah, I would love another safety in here because you can at least move Asante Samuel Jr. to the slot. Or, heck, if everyone's, you know, fine and only John Taylor gets hurt, you can just move him and you feel great about that. Uh, With this, I I just don't feel good about this. And German James is someone who there's going to be a game in there somewhere. There might be a couple of games in there somewhere, and this cannot be the backup plan. Yeah, 100%. Um, so we'll see
1: to me, tight end and safety are, are like the two spots where I'm like, okay, let's, let's go get a veteran here. Offensive tackle as well, mm-hmm. more so than cornerback. I love Bryce Callahan was fantastic yeah. for the chargers at the end of uh, all season long, pretty much, you know, just a, a real steady presence there, but I'm comfortable with jaw and Asante and whatever kind of other mix you can do in the slot. But this team needs another safety, reliable safety, in my opinion. Yep. Um. So I, I think in an ideal world, you know, where you move over Raheem Lane over to the depth piece spot, alohi um, becomes a primary backup instead, and you can feel a little bit more comfortable that way. Um, Tyler, I think one of the uh, more popular undrafted free agents signings, uh, whether it be by Chargers fans or by media members, you know, Gerard Clark had a real chance of getting drafted by a lot of people um, you know, he was graded as the highest remaining undrafted free agent by, by several, uh, sites as well. Um, what do you think his chances are of, of making the roster? I don't know if you've officially watched him yet. Um, but he's a big beefy nose tackle. Uh, mm. there's some uncertainty in front of him. So what do you what do you make of the chances there for uh, Gerard Clark or anybody else on this list that you have watched?
2: Yeah, that, that's good to know. If he's more of the big, beefy, nose tackle type, then I think that would put him over the guy that I have watched, which is Terrence Lang. Not that Lang isn't an interior guy. He did a lot of stuff, um, but he's more of like an edge guy who can also do some interior stuff. Not like Thule, but more of like a, a DN sort of type than Thule is. So if that's what Gerard Clark is... I mean, then I could see it because Otito is going to be, or at least was last year, they're sort of back up to Sebastian Joseph Day um, as that nose type, which I didn't expect. So if that's what Gerard Clark can bring, and he's a kind of a pure interior guy, then yeah, I could see that being one of the guys that they bring in um, and to make the roster, especially if Otito's not healthy. If Otito's not healthy, then in and Gerard Clark, that is his role, then yeah, I could see him making the team.
1: Yeah, I think they're of the undrafted free agents, I think he's probably the best player um you know at least from a talent perspective um i have not watched all these guys i mean you watched uh andrew farmer today um so you can comment on him if you'd like um but to me i think outside of gerard clark from a defensive perspective i think the best chance of making the roster might be uh taiwan mullen the slot corner from indiana because him and Kemon Hall, I think like there is a role or there is a role on the roster for one of those two players, mm-hmm. unless they sign another corner or a safety. Because like they're gonna keep ten defensive backs. They've done that each of the last two years. Right now, we only have five, uh, nine penciled in. So whether it's Keemon Hall or Tywan Mullen or a veteran free agent who comes in, mm-hmm. like there's gonna be ten on DBs on the roster, and uh, Tywan Mullen, Keemon Hall fill a role as a backup slot. They fill a role on special teams um so that taiwan mullen is definitely somebody that i have i have penciled into a watch in the near future and keep an eye on as as camp progresses
2: yeah 18 undrafted free agents guys so hang in there with us (laughs) we could say who the guys are best shot to make the roster but i'd love to watch all of them as much as i can i found some lane college film Watched some andrew farmer i actually think there's a lot of upside to him i just don't know there's an actual spot for him it's kind of different like i don't I don't think he makes the roster, but it's more because of the spot, not the talent. Um, The player on the practice squad from last year, I guess two of them, both Carlo Camp and Ty Shelby. But I I think it's notable that Ty Shelby got hurt and then they maintained contact with him and then brought Mm. him. They still brought him back, even though he was hurt. Like they wanted to make sure they brought him back, even though he was hurt. Like that could have been it. His undrafted free agent journey, his whole NFL journey. That could have been it. But they kept keeping in contact with him and they brought him back on a deal. Do I think it's, you know, I think he's edge two on this team? No, of course not. But I think it is notable they wanted him back that bad that they did bring him back. Because it's, it's I feel like it's rare you see that happen with the Chargers. Uh, JT Woods is not listed as a corner on the Chargers website, right? I can find out. Chargers. Is the Chargers website a Chargers depth chart, or does anybody know? uh I would go to like the roster. Yeah, like general roster. Okay, Los Angeles Chargers depth chart. He, I mean, honestly, he won't be. He's a safety. JT Woods, right? Yeah, no, he's a JT. He's a safety. Yeah, I'm confused by that comment in the chat, but uh JT Woods very clearly a safety. <laughs> yeah, he won't be a. Now that they won't do something you know with an emergency of course sure at some point yeah. but JT Woods was a corner for all of two plays against the Rams because they were letting so many other guys sit um, and <laughs> Raheem Lane was out there as the safety so they just needed somebody as the Rams ran out the clock twice and JT Woods played corner for two snaps and then suddenly there's kind of a conspiracy theory or something I don't know Yeah, no
1: worries at all from the from NFLs in the chat. I was just I was confused. Maybe I was thinking I was missing something in the on their website or anything like that. OK, so obviously uh, very early in the process as we are still uh, several months away from the start of the season. But like I said earlier, we wanted to take stock of of where the roster was really at. So, um, Tyler, let's uh, let's wrap up the show today. Obviously, we talked about Kyle. I know we talked about Bryce Callahan. Who are some names uh, in terms of veteran free agents that you would like to see maybe come fill in some gaps on the Chargers roster with the final two spots that they have?
2: Yeah, like a bit more could be Cameron Irving, but a player that maybe could make it happen is Jordan Mills, formerly the right tackle for the Saints. He was on the Bears. He was drafted by the Bears when Nugent was the offensive quality control coach. Um, Then he was on the Cowboys with Kellen Moore. Then he went, you know, he played with Kellen Moore. And then he was on the Cowboys when Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for, I think, all of, like, a barely a part of a season. Then he was on the Saints with Bull Clapp and Nugent. So I'm actually surprised that's not someone who's already on the roster. That feels like you check every box at that point. Yeah. Um, other than, he look, he's not an elite tackle by any means. But, you know, played 200 snaps in 2021 for the Saints. Obviously has ties to both, you know, Nugent and to Kellen Moore. So, I think that's someone they could bring on. He did play right tackle. I think he's mostly been a right tackle his career. Someone like Cam Irving, he's played a lot more snaps at a lot more different spots, but I think they might be looking for like a tackle-specific guy. And if Jamari is, I don't know, let's say your backup left tackle or something random like that, then I think bringing on someone like Mills to be your backup right tackle, I don't know how they're doing this, man. Um, <laughs> but that's at least really someone to consider. You know who he is. Yeah. You've worked with him for like five different calendar years. Might as well. Yeah, Cameron Irving is, or is it
1: Cam? Cameron? I don't know. No. Uh, Cameron's interesting because he's, uh, I think he uh, came into the league as a center for the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so lots of flexibility there for him to potentially fill in some spots. Uh, maybe he's a little older than the Chargers would like. Uh, Cam Fleming, same kind of conversation, although he's he's very clearly a tackle. Um, he played for the Cowboys uh, in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Welcome Moore was obviously there. Um, he's been in Denver the last few years, so there's, I'm sure, some familiarity uh, just from a, a connection standpoint. Um, he had some really good moments last year as a starting left tackle for the Broncos. So um, if they're maybe uh, interested in getting like a true, true swing tackle, he's somebody I wouldn't mind as well. Um, from a tight end perspective, there's a couple that have connections to the Chargers. Jeff Swain, or Swain, excuse me, um, he's, he played in Dallas when Kellen was the quarterback. Uh, the backup quarterback, as well as the quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator, um, he's a, he's a true inline Y tight end blocking mm. type of tight end. I want to see he was like top ten in run blocking grade this past year for the Tennessee Titans. So he's somebody who remains unsigned. Um, there was a little bit of buzz that he would uh, stay in Tennessee, but he's still on the market. Um, so that's somebody I'm interested in. I talked about him last season. That's Nick Vanette, the tight end formerly of the Saints and Broncos. Uh, familiar with Brendan Nugent, familiar with Brandon Staley. Um, So he's somebody that just like a reliable tight end for, I think is something this this team could need, maybe push McKitty a little bit. Um, So those two are are some names to keep in mind at tight end.
2: Yeah, good call. I wasn't looking that far back to find tight ends. I was looking at like, okay, is there's a couple of players who names I completely forgot at, at tight end, but it's like, okay, they didn't play more than one snap last year. You know, would that be actually someone that they would bring on to actually push these tight ends? No. Um. So someone like Swain, that's a great call. Yeah, absolutely. And then we we talked about the guys that are
1: familiar with in terms of Kava, like Bryce Callahan. Kind of seems like those ships have sailed. Um, but we'll see if anything changes there. Anybody else you want to bring up, Tyler? Uh,
2: nope, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, we. Spent they, a lot- it, you know what was crazy for me is that I started to look at the receiver list and I realized they drafted two of them. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to go find somebody. Like, yeah, no one asking in the chat about wide receiver it's crazy yeah
1: absolutely absolutely uh so we talked about uh ronnie uh, we talked about john johnson ronnie harrison john johnson tweeted something cryptic this week Uh, i'm really hoping to get some clarity there i'm like just sign somewhere my guy like i'm i'm just (laughs) i I just want this uh whole thing to end um but yeah i do think that uh safety should be a priority for them right now
2: yeah so the timeline last time after the draft it was like I think May third or fourth for the first guy that they signed, which I believe was was it Morgan Fox or was it Bryce Callahan? One of those guys. Fox was Fox was later. It was Calvin and
1: Callahan signed like the same mm. day. Yeah, I want to so say it was like Friday after the draft.
2: Yeah, so tomorrow, guys, it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it's going to be great. Breaking no, news. Kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not breaking any news. <laughs> if it happens, yes, I broke the news. If it didn't happen, I'm just joking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely definitely um it should be fun though I, like uh I, I think we'll see them fill those spots at some point you know yeah they'll they'll use the 90 so um all right tyler uh that's been a great episode man hopefully you guys enjoyed it um we will be going live on sunday evening for just a regular q a just to check in with you guys we'll see uh who's going to be able to still uh tune in ask some questions uh don't have anything major plans so maybe a little bit more of a, of a hangout you know nice chat that day Um, And then we'll have our usual episode on the Chargers channel on Tuesday uh, for you guys as well. So uh, make sure. And like I said, subscribe to both channels. Make sure to turn those notifications on. Like the video. Let us know what you think uh, about some of the depth chart uh, solutions that we talked about tonight. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. So that's going to do it for us tonight. We will see you guys on Sunday. Talk to you later.